Yo, 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 yo. Welcome to Brown People We Know, Podcasts We Know, a segment where we bring you episodes from other podcasts by South Asian creators. Today's episode is an episode from the Carolina Desi. In this show, Carolina-based Desis Gurdej Singh and Rashmili Vemula explore life as the children of Desi immigrants. Been there, done that. <laughs> Through their guests, they discuss their experiences living a quote-unquote double life and needing to reconcile the cultural and societal differences that surround us Desi Americans daily. Many of you know Brown People We Know started while I was staying in Raleigh, so I was super excited to come across this show. Rashmili was actually the first South Asian podcaster that I met in person, but for me, the reason I love this show is just the rapport between the hosts. On today's episode, they interviewed Jessica Kumar, who you may know by her IG handle, Invisible India. Jessica is an American from the Midwest who moved to Bihar and settled down with her husband and two kids. It was incredibly interesting to hear the story, which is so non-traditional. The story of not someone moving from India to the US, but the other way around. She discussed her misconceptions about India before moving there, how her children have embraced their Indian and American identities differently, and she did the whole episode in Hindi. Not actually, but she does speak and teach Hindi on her IG. Get excited. Welcome, the Carolina Desi, to brown people we know. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to The Carolina Desi, music by The Carolina Desi Trio. Join the conversation at The Carolina Desi on social media. I'm Rashmili. We have Gritaj here. Today, we're joined by Jessica Kumar. She is the host and writer for the Invisible India podcast. Welcome, Jessica. Hey, thank you, Rashmili and Gritaj. I really am very excited to be talking with you guys. I've been following you for a while. So I am just thrilled to be collaborating with you and sharing our stories. Yes. Thank you for reaching out to us. And the feeling is mutual. We have also been following you since you guys started. And I heard the rolling of the R's when you said our name. So kudos. <laughs> well, I mean, you guys make it pretty easy. You know, like episode one is how do you pronounce our names? So if you don't make it past episode one, <laughs> Well, Jessica, uh, we would love to hear about your background. So you, like we mentioned earlier, you currently live in India with your family. So tell us everything about who you are. How did you end up in India? What do you and your husband do? Well, I want to start off by saying that even though I am on the Carolina Desi podcast, I am not Desi. I know some people might consider themselves they see even if they're not born into a south asian family if they've lived in india for a long time like i have but um i am american i was born born and raised in the united states 
And I first came to India in 2006. So I guess that'd be almost 15 years ago. I did a number of different things. I came for an internship. Then eventually uh, I learned fluent Hindi during that time. I was pretty young. I was like in my early 20s. And after that, worked in a small town in India, in Haridwar, which is, you know, 500,000 people, but that's a small town in India. So <laughs> uh, eventually met Abhishek back in the United States, my husband, who is originally from Bihar. And we lived in, I moved back to the States. We lived there for several years. We're working in various fields. I was in um, marketing for nonprofits. And then he is like in education and linguistics. So he, we always felt that we both wanted to move back to India for some reason. I just felt like I always just had a feeling that my time wasn't done. And uh, speaking fluent Hindi and everything, I felt that this would be a skill that could be utilized in the future. So we ended up moving back to India in 2016. And uh, we had one child in tow and then we had a second child over here. So uh, we currently live in Bihar, which if you guys know is like kind of has a bad reputation for being like the most backward state in India and all this stuff, which is really not true. I find that maybe um, some bad politics in the past had really tainted the views of, of people, but I, I really love the people here and, you know, I, I'm so blessed and, and thankful to be able to live here as a foreigner. Uh, and so, yeah, definitely, I, I know we're going to be talking a little about the language aspects today and raising bilingual kids, but yeah, I'm really thankful for those experiences and the people who were able to help me and teach me along the way. I really could never have lived here, you know, as a single person and then the married person if Indian people were not so invitational and welcoming towards me. So that's a bit of my story. <laughs> so I was curious, like, um, Jessica, that like you, you as a white woman met Abhishek in the U.S. or in India? Well, kind of, I was in India and he was in the U.S. So a friend introduced us and said, hey, you know, there's this, there's this girl and she, I was volunteering in Chicago at a center there for recent South Asian immigrants, like helping do citizenship and English learning and tutoring kids and things like that. Like I had just come back from India and so I was volunteering there and my husband, now husband Abhishek was actually had been trying to get in touch with that center. And one of his friends introduced and said, Hey, there's this girl, like she's in India right now, but she's connected there and she can introduce you and da da da. So it was an American friend who had lived in India who introduced us. So I ended up coming, he was in Indiana, which I felt thought was fantastic being that I'm from the Midwest and you guys, um, you know, like so much about just the regional differences of the United States and like how much of a difference that makes for understanding someone's culture. Like I'm not from the East coast. I'm not from the South. I'm not a West coaster. I'm not a Texan. I'm basically from the Chicago area. So, so like, that's a very, (laughs) my family is very Midwestern. Like these are important things to understand. (laughs) And he totally had lived that life and vice versa. I had kind of lived that life too. So like I had lived in Haridwar, which is a a Hindu holy city. So 
my soon, you know, at that time, my soon to be mother-in-law, as soon as she heard me speaking Hindi and found out I lived in Haridwar and that I was a vegetarian, she was like, hey, kaise lurki hai? Kaise lurki mili? American hai, lekin sab kuch janti hai. I'm like, sab kuch to nahi janti, but I'm glad you're impressed. <laughs> yeah, my, my follow-up question was, um, basically, when you spoke to Abhishek and got to know him as a person and started dating, did you just always know that you would be living in India long-term? And was that almost a deal breaker? How did that? That's a great question. I don't think, I think just the openness was um, something that we both were looking at. Like I didn't necessarily just get married to him because he was an Indian and he was going to take me back to India, you know? (laughs) Um, And I think, the, that's the opposite of the green card. <laughs> the opposite. Give me the OCI, baby. You know. <laughs> um, and no, I I think that just that openness was there, and we've talked about as well. You know, is there somewhere else that we may we may live long term? Uh, right now, my in laws are here, and they're he's my uh, Abhishek is the only son, so uh, he has a sister who lives in Canada. So it's it's really kind of up to us to care for them and. Um, they are getting older. So I think that is one of the things that we really feel strongly about that's part of our role right now is to care for them. And they never asked us to move to India. They never asked us to do that. But I think it's easier for them and and we enjoy it here. And we also want our kids to live here and experience the culture, experience being immersed in a, in a Hindi-speaking environment. I think they need to understand where their papa comes from and um and also the work that we're doing here i didn't mention we're working for a nonprofit organization so it's very fulfilling work it's really hard work but i think all the combination of all those things is really um why we're here and i don't think that if you would have asked me 10 years ago i would have known i was going to exactly be here <laughs> so we're we're open to really going anywhere i think just right now the circumstances have led us to this point how did your family back home take the news that you'd basically be based out of India halfway across the world, time zone completely different, all that? And, and you know, their grandkids are there too. There's two parts to that. First one was, oh, look at you. You're going as a single person for an internship. That's great. We're so proud. It's wonderful. We're behind you. And then when I moved the grandkids across the world, there was pushback. And every time I come back, there's always the question, so when are you guys going to move? You're going to move back in like a couple, in like a year, right? <laughs> You're kind of done, right? We're like, uh, <laughs> uh, it is definitely really hard with the children. And I, I feel that every day that I'm far away from my family. And I feel like I'm experiencing what some immigrants to the United States experience where you can't go back that often. And it, it's, it's just a story of so many people around the world. And there's nothing unique about my story, but then there is something unique about my story. <laughs> Whereas I'm very much going here by choice. Um, I could go back to the U.S. and get a job anywhere. I'm not escaping poverty. I'm not escaping war. I'm not escaping famine. And I'm just living in a different country by choice. So yeah, there's, there's, there's definitely that. And I think that's why there's sometimes a pushback of like every, why would you be in a place that's just like that? Like, it's not easy to live there and it's so far and 
it's not like you're getting paid a lot of money. It's not like there's, you know, people just to like question that at times. So a lot of it, a lot of my Indian friends actually question that, like, why do you want to live there? It's like, why do you talk about it? Like it's, you know, there, like, Oh, there's so terrible. Like why would, there's so many wonderful things about life here. Is it as easy as the United States? In some ways, no. In some ways, there are major advantages. In some ways, it's definitely more difficult. But um, yeah, yeah, we've we've spoken about that distance before. But for Daisy's coming over to the U.S., um, your experience actually reminds me a lot of um, you know what I've read about American expats in places like Japan, where it's a very homogenous culture, and you are not a homogenous agent in that culture, and the alienation and isolation and uh, you kind of have to carry that alone uh you know even if you're you've immersed yourself in a family that's that's more localized um so yeah definitely a lot of resonating stuff there yeah i think um that's actually something i was going to say too um the it's in its entirety it's still the immigrant experience and while it's not the exact same as the immigrant experience of my family or gritej's family it's you've got it's You've got its own hardships and its own um, frustrations as well. And it's funny that you mention your Indian friends who are like, you're living there? It, in my mind, whenever I hear about American people or foreigners, foreigners to Indians uh, moving to India, it's like, you want to go there? Uh, that's the same exact question I would have had in my head too. Um, but really deep down it just i'm sure there's just this inherent disdain for where we come from and where our heritage is just because we've had to choose one side or the other once we moved to america and we had to fit in so as much as we'd like to be proud or whatever it is the that that first question is just inherent it's like the first thing you're gonna think of because you've been forced or subconsciously forced to really dislike where you come from and where your family comes mm. from yeah, there, there are definitely challenges to that. And I think for me, <laughs> being that I'm in a relationship where my husband grew up here, it's sometimes he feels very local and sometimes he feels very much like a foreigner. And sometimes we both forget that my capacity is different to deal with things, to handle situations, and that, that some things come so much more naturally to him. And so I think just, yeah, because I've been here for, for so long, I think he tends to forget and he just kind of treats me like, shouldn't you get this by now? Like, shouldn't you have figured this out? Like, why are you having such a hard time dealing with our house helper? Like, why why can't you like get that discount that I can get so easily? Why are, why can't, why can't you negotiate harder for this, that, and the other thing? It's like, I'm doing, I'm literally saying the same exact thing that you're saying, but because you're a brown man with a very intimidating beard like you're going to be able to get a much better deal than me, a white lady who people immediately see dollar signs whenever I walk in. Like, even though it's your Indian bank account I'm drawing from, like they don't know that difference. <laughs> so there's, there's, there's struggles like that all the time. And sometimes we're just a bit naive and we just kind of forget like how much of a dissonance is there in the way that people perceive he and I. So, it is what it is. I guess you don't have to be necessarily white to for other people to see the dollar signs above your head. Uh, you just have to uh, refrain from telling people you're 
from abroad or you're, you live permanently in a different country. We have to avoid that too when we go to India. And um, there's always just that feeling of someone's watching and who's going to uh, try to get something out of you, which is unfortunate, yeah. but um, you kind of just <laughs> hit the nail on the head with that one. Mm. So I guess that actually, I'm curious, what are some misconceptions you've had or myths um, that you'd like to share about living in India? I know you wanted to go to India, you, you know, did an internship there, and now you live there permanently or semi-permanently. Um, yeah, what are some myths that people keep hearing? Well, I, I did do an episode about this on our podcast where I went through a whole bunch and I actually asked kind of crowdsourced information. What are the misconceptions that you think are there? And then let's talk about it. I did that one episode, but I'm going to talk about one recently that has shaken me up a little bit. So, you know, I've been here for a long time and, 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 um, when I first moved here, you know, I was in like very traditional city and people were proud, pride, prided themselves on how um, conservative and traditional they were. It was like a holy city. We couldn't even um, buy eggs. You would have to say, you know, uh, whenever you go to the shop, you'd say, oh, I need white onions. And you'd go sneak and like get the eggs because it was like a very strict vegetarian place. And, and people were just like very, you know, priding themselves on being and you know should shakahari and all these things so just i think my misconception would be that all of india is very traditional that is not true on the surface people want to appear that you know we're this uh this society and Western culture has corrupted us and we're very austere and all this stuff, which a lot of people really are. And a lot of people very much live that life where they would never be, you know, smoking or premarital sex or any of the, like, there would never be any of that. Just the longer that you get to know people and when those things start to come out, you realize that there are a lot of little scandals going on behind the background. As long as everything appears to be okay, though, that's the main thing. right? What are people going to say? That is the main thing. What What is our, our, our out, outside um, look like? So, and again, I'm not criticizing. I'm not saying that our culture of like flamboyant, I guess, like shamelessness, which I'm not saying is a bad or a good thing. Just like, you you don't need any shame about anything. And like, I'm not saying that that's better than this. It's just a totally different system of operating. I guess that'd be the misconception that I had was, oh, that it's everyone across the board is so traditional and there's never any scandals going on behind the background. And just because people hide it doesn't mean it's not there. We're big on sweeping things under the rug, right? (laughs) Well, I know we're running short on time, but the two big things that I really wanted to get an understanding of is with your children. Um, I'm just curious, what do you teach them about understanding their identities? So now they, they know that they're, they've got two heritages and two lineages, and now they live in a whole different country than where they might have originally expected to or have grown up during their childhood. So um, how do you navigate through them, to, through their identities and figuring that out it's tricky my let's see our son is six and a half and he's very much i'm an american you know i was born in america i blah 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 and and my our daughter who's three and a half 
who actually looks more like me. Our son looks very Indian. If you, you see his school picture, there's he looks just like everybody else. With my daughter in her school picture, it's like instantly you're like, who is that curly-haired blonde kid? Uh, so <laughs> she, she stands out a bit. And for her, she was born here, so she doesn't, she's been to the U.S. twice. Uh, and, and before this last trip, she didn't really have much of a connection with, with the U.S. And she had like, was just learning English and, uh, you know, she was speaking English with an accent, like with an Indian accent. And um, so we were, we kind of, before this last trip, I mean, she was, you know, Bakka Indian and even like Bakka Bihari because just the way she would speak and, uh, man, it was so cute. She just would, has the perfect, you know, Bihari tone and everything. Mama, do na, you know. So they are on a journey for sure that is very different than mine. And I guess that's just acknowledging it, that they're never going to be fully Indian like dad, where, you know, he's, he's understands every nuance and people treat him just like an Indian. They're never going to be like that. And I guess for me, maybe this shows some of my insecurities is even when I'm dropping them to school or different things, I, I try not to linger around too much. So people are like, oh, look, there's the American people. Uh, I kind of, I had started sending our son by bus to school. So people don't see his white mom every day, like, you know, treating him differently, but encourage them to uh, participate in cultural activities you know, we're teaching them that they need to respect the older people. I think that's one thing from this culture that they're learning is that you know, you can't misbehave around your grandparents. You can't misbehave around older people. And in the U.S., I'm always shocked when people are like, hey, Jess, you know, at five-year-olds, like, hey, Jessica, hey, Jessica. I'm like, I'm your auntie, darn it. You know, like, you need to, I'm Mrs. Kuma. Like, it's just so, like, it bothers me. It's like, Come on, kid. Like, who am I? Your playmate? Like, what is wrong? Yeah, the the we're really trying to, and, and, and of course with the language, you know, our kids are in, and uh, it's an English and Hindi medium school. And even during the pandemic, you know, we've continued to to work with them on Hindi. I have a couple of videos on my Instagram and stuff of me like doing a Hindi lesson with the kids because it's very important to me that they are fluent in Hindi and, you know, we're working on that reading, writing, all that stuff. I think it's important to Abhishek too. We don't expect that they're going to be as fluent as, as him or as fluent as someone that was born and raised here and only in a Hindi speaking environment. But I think they're already meeting our expectations of what we were hoping that they would learn. And I'm really happy with that. And if they want to keep it up or as they're adults, that's totally up to them. But at least we're giving, like giving those inputs so that it helps them. I also don't force them to like be Indian, like, oh, you need to be Indian. And, you know, with our son saying, oh, I'm an American. And they'll be like, yeah, you are, but you're also Indian. So I don't try to like force them into this little box. I just kind of let them work it out as they grow. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. It's amazing that your children have the opportunities to find and learn the amazing things about both cultures that define who they are. And unlike us who have to rely on um, our community to tell us that this is the way it has to be and this is, this is the path that you have to follow. Whereas your children, for example, have the choice. And um, sure, your son says, I am American, I am 100% American, but I'm sure he'll grow into realizing the beautiful parts of 
both sides of who he is. Mm-hmm. When it comes to language, you mentioned language a little bit. Well, one, okay, so listeners, so Jessica here is fluent in Hindi and she is amazing. You need to check out her videos and on, on YouTube, on TikTok, on Instagram. Um, Jessica has, has a lot to say about being a foreigner learning Hindi and becoming fluent in Hindi and making that a part of who she is as well. Um, so it's kind of broad, I'm kind of throwing that on you, but can you tell us a little bit more about your process learning and um, questions that you've gotten, etc.? Yeah, I, I always say that you know, immersion is best. It's the easiest way, it's the most effective and streamlined way to learn any language, but especially South Asian language, because there are so many cultural nuances, which you guys talk about on your podcast. You know, Gurdej, you talked about being from the Pinden, you know, being in the, the Gao and the village and all of the nuances that you catch from just knowing the language and, and all of that. So I think that immersion is, is, is what I did. You know, I lived, I kind of told my family when I was uh, in my, doing my internship, it wasn't required for me to, to learn Hindi, but I realized that this is an investment that I need to make in the people around me and in myself to be able to do my job better and get to know people. And I'm so glad I did. Um, of course, I could have, could have gotten away with speaking English in my internship. It's, it, there's so much English in India. You can get by with that, without it. And I think that's why it's so hard to learn South Asian languages, not because they're actually, you know, technically difficult, um, like 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 uh, for an English speaker, but there's the social nuances which make it hard to learn, and the the infiltration of so much English, you can get by with English. So and to like get over that hump, that that obstacle with people is really difficult. So I think that's the main difficulty for me. So as far as the the second part of your question of, um, you know, there, there's the learning and then there's the what do people ask. So nowadays with the masks and everything, it it helps a little bit because people can only see this part of my face. And um, so people aren't constantly like, ma'am, aap videsi ho kya? Ma'am, mujhe laga ki aap videsi thi, lekin aapka bolne se mujhe laga aap Indian hai. Like people are confused. So people are like, ma'am, I, you look like a foreigner. But after I heard you speaking, then I, I realized you're not. I said, no, I'm a foreigner. So I have never been one of those people. And I know some people are like this, like, oh, I just let them think I'm Indian. Like, I don't, I don't, I feel that's, just, I feel weird about that. I would never, there's so much more to being Indian than just like living here, eating the food, wearing the clothes and speaking the language. Like there's a, cultural and ethnic heritage behind that. And I would never be so trite to disrespect that and be like, oh, hi, I'm Indian. You know, this, I feel weird about that. Um, but people here say all the time, ma'am, aap pura Indian ho gaye hai. Like, and they don't mean that I'm actually Indian. They mean that I've adopted the lifestyle. And, the, and so I think that's something that can go to your head in a wrong way if you're not careful of like, oh yeah, I'm totally Indian now and I've enculturated myself and I'm, the, it's like when push comes to shove, you're still a foreigner and you need to remember that. No matter how long you're here, no matter how many decades you're here, you wear the sari, bindi, kutsubkuch, you are not an Indian. Don't ever forget that. So 
That's that's my thinking. Even though the cultural pressures are there and people are telling you, you have to understand what they really mean by that. So <laughs> I think that's a little bit of my journey. I really appreciate um, your like deep, deep reverence for everything around you. I've never... I don't think I've ever met anyone like you. So that's, 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 yeah. <laughs> you guys are so sweet. No, I'm, I'm really thankful for, for both of you and the way that you're engaging into what it means to be Indian. And even though you guys both live abroad and you both, you've grown up in the United States, like even just engaging this topic, I think is really kind of new territory in a sense. And I, and, and I think that's what I appreciate about you guys is let's talk about what it means because we're not like Bucca Indian and we're American and we're both and there's nuances involved. Oh, I have so much to ask you, but I know we're running short on time. <laughs> we'll have to do another part yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs>